Well, we are excited. We are live on Facebook right now. We are uh, just doing a tad catch up before we go on. And it is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. We are so grateful uh, to have Elliot on with us. He was with our 250th and this is second podcast with us. We're super excited, but good morning, everyone. It's Wealth Wellness Wednesday. A little gray out here, but hope you're having a great day. Along with two... Sisters, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. Beautiful day here in the Northeast. Very excited about that um, as it's been a little cooler. So we have some nice sunshine and, you know, get, get outside if you can today and feel the warmth. So Wealth Wellness Wednesday, um, as Carol Sue said, um, Elliot was on our 250th. And this is, well, I guess technically this would be the third time, but this is his second solo podcast and we're so excited to welcome you back elliot welcome oh hello everyone it's an honor to be back with you too uh, i just in enjoy my time with you too yes and i was on the 250th and that was a uh, great to hear from these uh the other guests that you've had on your show as well awesome yeah, definitely a nice mix of uh just all kinds of it was just like this big eclectic, eclectic group of wow and pizzazz from everybody from their journeys from uh you know all that all of you shared uh and the collaboration uh we're still getting messages about it so it's pretty exciting yeah so yeah, that was exciting when um elliot um came on um to the zoom you know he asked me he says well you know is there anything specifically that you wanted to chat about and what i'm really intrigued to learn more about is um, you had mentioned on the 250th about this program that you're doing for um, teenagers. So if you could just expand on that a little bit more, we, we want to share that with our viewers and listeners. Yeah. So a little background on that, right? It's like, for me, when I was growing up, I didn't have one or two people that I could go to, to ask about stuff like in teenage years. And that was tough for me. And here I am as an uncle having these nieces and nephews who are going through those seems to struggles and challenges similar. And I'm like, what can I do to help them? What can I do to um, have them think differently? Like think deeper, think not just on the surface stuff. Um, and then I have a son who's 12 and going to be 13. And I talked to him, he kind of knows what I do. And I was like, Hey, you know, how about if you and your cousins, you know, we did something like this and had a group and, you know, we met like once a week and we just started talking about stuff. And he's like, yeah, I think that'd be fun. I was like, really? Like he just said that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I proposed it, uh, reached out to my uh, brothers and sisters and said, Hey, I want to put this together, something for my nieces and nephews and totally free. Right. It's like, this is something that's just near and dear to my heart. And I'm like, I can offer this to them. And we started it and I was kind of unsure of how it was going to go. And they were very receptive to it. And I was like, wow, just the conversations that we can have within this group. And I was very intentional about saying, Hey, whatever you share in this group, stays in this group i'm not going to share it with my brothers and sisters your mom and dad whatever is shared in here it just stays in here unless you're hurting yourself or you're going to hurt someone else right that i have to share but if it's something that's personal and you know you just something that you haven't shared with your parents before 
it's going to stay here, right? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be, um, hold that confidential confidentiality very high and not just say, oh my God, you know, in this group, like so-and-so said this and that, like, no, that's not going to happen, right? So I was very intentional about that. I set that expectation up front just so that they know. And I think that helped because then they started opening up as these conversations started going on and on. Um, so it's been great so far. What are some of the topics that you 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 talk about in general? Not what they're specifically confined. Sure. So so first, the, our first meeting was just kind of get a, a overall assessment of where they are at with their relationships, um, with their mission, right, with their um, finances. Finances wasn't so big, but just because of they're not some of them working and some of them are not, right? So just kind of give an overall life assessment of seeing where they are at currently. And then we just started talking about like, hey, where do you, like, where do you want to be? Like, are you clear about who you are? Are you clear about how you want to interact with people? Because that was my main thing, right? Going back, it's like six months, I had a conversation with them because it was distance learning, right? They were learning from home. And I was just asking questions about, hey, do you engage with your classmates? Do you engage with your teachers? And they're like, nope. Nope. And I was like, why? Like, why don't you? Because it's, it's, it's awkward and weird to engage with our, my teachers. I was like, okay. So I just wanted to learn more and inquire more about why that came up. Um, and it, it just was more like, oh, I, I didn't want to be the only one in the um, kind of like what we're doing here in, in the video chat with my teacher alone, right? I waited for other students to join before I joined the class. I was like, okay. So I just kind of, you know, just kind of give you an overall life assessment and then kind of seeing where they are currently and then where they want to go, where they want to be. I'm, I'm curious, did they, um, because obviously the, the hot button topic right now, uh, I, ironically, which I, I, I truly believe is not a coincidence, is so many states are dealing with uh, students uh, along with parents with the CRT movement. And I've, I've started chatting, chatting with some, some younger students as well. And you know what their interpretation of that is because that is also something that will conframe them i mean I, I believe that all children regardless all the way up until their young adult lives you know we, we all get molded and you know i'd be curious to see if they had any you know depending on the age group some younger children don't realize it's happening and then you know when they're really more uh, able to kind of voice their opinion or what they like and what they don't like I'd be curious to see if that was ever chatted about or, you know, is that a stumbling block for some of them not wanting to have any kind of intellectual conversation with their, their teachers. And what is, what is CRT, Kurosu? The CRT is critical race theory. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, we haven't touched on that uh, specifically like that, but um you know, and, and just the conversations it will come up like, do you want to talk to your parents about such and such? I do. Right. I just don't know how to do it. I was like, okay, on the spot, let's do it now. Right. So we'll role play it right in a conversation and oh, put them on awesome. the spot. And they're like, now I'm like, yeah, now I'm your mom. I'm your dad. <laughs> let's, how would you approach it? Like, how would you have that conversation? Right. And here they are having a conversation with me while the others in a group are listening in on it as well. So it, it lets them know, hey, 
I'm, you're not alone in this. Mm. You and I may be role playing. And I, I let them know, it's like, hey, if you're listening to this conversation, pick up bits and pieces that will relate to you, that resonate with you and learn from that and, and grow from that as well. Well, I, I love the whole interaction of the role playing because you're really kind of putting them in their own real life situation and having that conversation while the rest of them are saying, you know, it's probably so relatable to their relatives saying, that's me. <laughs> and I love the role play and, and instantly because it, it gets them out of their head, right? When we want to have these kind of difficult type conversations, then it, people get in their head and be like, oh my gosh, it's going to play it like this, play it like that. What if they say this? What if they say, okay, let's just do it right now, right? Because if it comes up, it comes up. If it doesn't come up, then it doesn't come up, right? So let's just role play it and do it right now. And it's almost as if it's on the spot for a very good reason. Because sometimes when, especially youth, teenagers are put on the spot, you know, there's immediately that resistance. So having that, I don't want, I think what I'm trying to say, the bounce back from that to do the role playing and to listen to their other cousins um, that are with them in that scenario. Um, I'm curious, with your son being involved, do you find it more challenging for yourself personally? At first it was. At first it was, yes. Because I had to like, you know, take take a step back and separate the dad role and, and kind of be like, okay, now I'm not that let's step out of the dad role and let's be like a coach or mentor or, um, instead of that dad role. Um, and he's, he's been receptive to that. He's been, um, good about it. We don't, I don't, outside of the group, I don't mention stuff that we talk about in the group, uh, as much. I don't talk about stuff that we talk about in the group outside of the group with him, unless he brings it up. Um, so I've been very intentional about that because I don't want to, use that kind of like coach mentor role and then kind of step back into dad and dad knows this information now so how can dad use it to support him and stuff so i i just kind of i, I do separate that uh, unless he brings it up hmm, good point and i'm sure that has bonded you in a way that maybe you didn't expect too especially with your nieces and nephews Oh, very much so. Um, and it's been amazing. I do want to been debating about how I want to check in with my uh, brothers and sisters about this and see if they notice anything different or anything um, extra about their about their um, son or daughter that, you know, since we've had these meetings, it's only been uh, three weeks. So it hasn't been like a long time, but eventually I do want to check in and just kind of see if there's any, been any changes. Do you give them any exercises to do? Like I challenge you all to see what we just chatted about. This is what we just role-played. Now let's put it to practice, you know, take it maybe a small segment of that and say, Hey, when you're around the dinner table or you're just happen to be hanging out, maybe watching a movie or sitting around, you know, doing something outdoors or whatever, let's let's see how you now practice what we've kind of role played in in your real life situation with your mom and dad and i want you to take notes on it so when you take notes on it we could all come back for the next meeting and kind of share 
you know, how it went down, what the positives, maybe the negatives, what didn't work so well, what you what they found worked really well, and uh, kind of giving them that feedback to you. Oh, yeah, yes, very much so. Um, so for instance, right, that role play, and then now I'll be like, okay, when are you going to have this conversation, right? So, but it's very organic. It's not like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to do this, right? So it's, hey, right. when are you going to have this conversation? Um, and there are times where it's like, I don't want to have this conversation. I was like, right. well, we just played it out, right? You can, you can totally do this. How did our conversation that we just had, how did, how do you feel went, right? And then it's time like, oh, not so well. What parts didn't you feel that it didn't go so well? What, what, how can you improve on that? Right. So we would, before they, before they actually have the conversation, right. If they're, I'll wait till they're comfortable in the role play that we have before saying, Hey, have this conversation. When are you going to have this conversation? Right. I don't want to suggest things or be very suggestive. Like, Oh, this is something you should have. Right. It's like, right. when, when do you plan to have this conversation? Cause then now it's in their court and they get to make that right. decision, right? So they right. get to make that choice. Um, so it's very organic in, in, in uh, uh, exercises or the things that they do outside of the group. That's awesome. Wow, I love that. And do you foresee yourself creating this program for teens around the US that can attend something like this virtually? Oh, yes, very much so. Um, I just love, I, I just have such a passion working with young people. And especially through the pandemic that we've had, right? Because now they've lost out on those real life interactions with their teachers, with um, people at school, um, their classmates, their peers, they've missed out on that for a whole year, right? And we're just slowly transitioning back into that. And hopefully by the fall, right, things will start opening up again. But what is normal? There's like going back to pre-pandemic, like, I don't know what that is. Like, what does that look like, right? So um, I, I just am very passionate about helping, uh, not helping, about guiding young people to think deeper than what they're at. I love that because, you know, not everyone has that gift that, is going to be relatable to that, especially that age group. Uh, they're so impressionable. They're so easily swayed um, by narratives, by, by, by their surroundings. And a lot of times that journey for them is very confusing. It's a very confusing time, not only from a uh, mental uh, aspect, but also physiology with their own bodies yes. and where they are with hormones and all those other things. So it's a really, it's a really kind of a, it's a tough age. It is a tough age. And, and just me going, think about when I w went through that, that, those, that age, my teenage years, right? And I was struggling because I was always trying to do things to impress others. I was always doing things to um, get the um, uh, acknowledgement from others. But then now I look back, it's like, no, that's not what it's about, right? It's not about doing things for others. Hey, I got to take care of myself. I got to do things for myself, right? And, and, and getting that message to the younger generation and younger population say hey you can do this for yourself you don't have to worry about what others think of you you don't have to do things that your the society has set for you you don't have to do things that your parents set for you right if that's not what you want to do then you need to have a conversation with your parents about that right and those are the types of conversations that come up in in a group that I, that i'm currently um with my nieces and nephews 
Yeah, and I can imagine, you know, it is a good tool, not only learning how to express oneself in a calm manner, not in the height of when something's going to go chaotic, but it's a, it's a life lesson tool that will carry them uh, in other communication skills as they get older, where, uh, you know, because not everything is, is perfectly mapped out. Not every conversation goes smoothly, and you have to be able to adapt. That comes with, obviously, maturity, but also I think with the role-playing that you're doing is making it more of a realistic point of perspective, subject matter to their, their maturity level, but will carry them as a life skill going forward. Yeah, and, and we talk about self-advocacy, right? How can you speak up for yourself in a way where you're not speaking up to start a debate, but you're speaking up for yourself to share your perspective. You're speaking up for yourself to share your opinion, right? You're not speaking up just to say, oh, I'm speaking up just so that we can have a debate or argument. No, it's about, hey, you, if you feel strongly about one way or another, speak up, right? How can you do that so that um, you get the uh, message across to the other person so that they're listening? And, and that's true, too, because I think a lot of times, um, you know, especially as we have seen this past year, um, we've often referred to, how do I say this, the keyboard bully. And I can't even imagine what that may be like for our youth in that tender age bracket, because things are very sensitive. There is a lot going on outside. Um, outside the digital world, yet everything is within the digital world. So I hope that, um, you know, you're, you're giving them the many tools where they can express themselves in a, in a safe environment. And, you know, I hope that for other youth as well, that something or someone will come their way to help them with that. So I guess what I would like to ask is, you know, obviously without, you know, cause I don't want to, <laughs> you obviously to break your confidentiality, but I'm curious as to whether any of your nieces, nephews maybe have experienced that. And, you know, is that a conversation that maybe comes up from time to time? Uh, what type of conversation again, Janice? Um, in, in other words, you know, um, because they're online so much, you know, uh -huh the digital keyboard warrior that's you know yeah. bullying them yeah that comes up right um a lot of them come on and they don't turn on their camera when they're in say like a uh, virtual setting like this right they have their camera off they only speak when they're um the teacher calls on them or is asked upon them they don't raise their hand and and one of the reasons why they had their camera off was because when they had the camera on, other students were taking screenshots and were making memes out of it, right? Depending on when they catch them in some, with their mouth open, their eyes closed, whatever, that picture, right? Um, so that came up and, you know, we just had a conversation around, around that and just talked about, um, is that something that they can control, right? Is that something that they are um, have control over? And they talk about no. And then they said, hey, the teachers don't require us to have our cameras on, so we're not gonna have our cameras on, right? But then I go about, hey, when you see someone, right? When you see uh, somebody in a meeting like this, is it better to communicate and 
And studies have shown that you pay more attention, you're more focused, and you're more engaged in that class, right? So I just said, hey, let's try it out. Try having your camera on for a week in class and see how that is, right? So then they will go and they will try it on and come back and say, hey, I was, I, I did, I was more in tune in class. I wasn't on my phone while I was in class, right? Because the teacher can see me, so I'm not playing a game. Um, you know, I was present with with the teacher um so then just kind of seeing them okay i can't control if someone another student or somebody else is going to take a screenshot of me but i can't control from my end if i'm engaged in class if i'm participating mm -hmm. if i'm being present in class curious uh do they have any uh safe safe falls or safe fails with that meaning you know you're not allowed to have i know some schools uh with the remote learning have um had to have the student depending on the age you know if it's uh, a minor child which most children are minors uh obviously school-aged parents are you know you would hope are more intuitive to to you know setting their child up but when you have that teenager uh usually the uh remote learnings that i have seen is they cannot even i have the cell phone near them and they're not allowed to screenshot uh because that's kind of like I don't know, recording someone without their knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it becomes uh, an issue from that perspective. Have they ever brought those concerns up to the teacher and or, you know, do they have a policy like that? Yeah, they do, right? Uh, and again, no recording of the of the meeting, no recording of the, uh, no screenshots are allowed. Um, yeah, you know, you know, there's still some that do it. No cell phones allowed, but there's still some that do it, right? Because how can you control if I have a cell phone, say for instance, right now, if I have my cell phone to the side of me, you wouldn't know, right? So right. it kind of takes a, a team, a partnership from parents at home, as well as teachers that communication and say, hey, these are our policies, no cell phones, no screenshots, no recording videos, just so that you know, please help watch your son or daughter and, right. and make sure. And the younger ones kind of, the parents can have more of a say, but then the ones who are a little bit older, they're kind of left to themselves to, hey, just make sure you're logged into class, do attendance, all of that stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So, yes, there are um, measures put in place so that stuff like that does not happen. Mm, wow. I find that interesting because, you know, you could really, really have a field day in some regards to, you know, so obviously someone's privacy uh, as well as, parents need, you know, it's a whole, a whole other conversation, but the, 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 the parent involvement needs to be on point with that. Like, give me your cell phone. That's the rule. Follow the rule. Yeah. Unfortunately though, like all parents weren't able to be home with their, their child while they're learning. Right. Some right. parents had to go to work, had to go into right. the office, whatever. So, um, you know, unfortunately there weren't some that they were just make sure you're logged into class. I'll check it with you when I get home from work. And then right. in between that time, you know, it's up to the, the student to. Yeah, it is. It is something yeah. that's hard to quote police, uh, especially in this digital age where, you know, a teacher's looking now uh, at her classroom in a whole different manner where they're not in person. Uh, they're in person via online. But like you said, you can't really see the person's surrounding. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably one of the. One of the tedious things that, uh, that the educator is not really a fan of. 
look at our conversation. We're talking about distance learning and virtual learning. and <laughs> Right. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point um, that I want to touch upon when you're saying uh, the camera on versus the camera off. And I noticed this last week, um, every Wednesday I'm in this class and there's only five of us. One of the other participants always has her camera off. And I've met her uh, on camera maybe once. And this has been going on for a few months now. But last week, um, the facilitator of that meeting said, hey, everybody, let's put our cameras on. Um, I want to see everybody's beautiful faces. And I noticed that she was more, she was participating more in the conversation with the camera on. Yeah. And I, I thought that was quite interesting. Now, everybody knows I kind of don't like Facebook Lives. I'm typically a, a little shy about that kind of stuff, although I'm stepping a little bit more into my boldness. Uh, I'm currently a, um, one of the, I refer to Carol Sue as a firecracker. I'm more the sparkler, but I'm working up to being a firecracker. I need some improvement. But, you know, the we point being, to do that. <laughs> but the point being, like, it, it was just so nice that everybody was participating in this conversation, more of an observation versus a question, of course. But maybe right. and, I, and I think I think, you know, that that's a valid point. You know, it's the, you know, how many times do you, you see that in person? Like when you, you look at, you know, maybe couples or, you know, families going out to dinner and, you know, he, they're all, they all got their phone and they're, they're not looking at a menu. Um, you know, they're on their Facebook or social media. And, you know, there is a time and place, obviously, but it does impede uh, communication skills as a whole um, in a totally, totally uh, almost disengage direction, which saddens me because communication is key when you have eye contact. You now not only hear the person, you are more engaged, so you're going to listen to what their words are. You're going to see their facial expressions, you know, their body language, and it's a whole part of communication that especially, uh, and I can't even, I can't even really honestly say it's just young people because I notice more, more and more adults do it the same, that we're so glued to it that we're missing so much of the communication skills. And now they're almost going dormant, almost kind of like cursive writing. Mm -hmm. A lot of schools are not teaching cursive, no one cursives, but like my husband, we were just chatting about, he goes, I, I think I only know how to print now. You know, I, I, you know, other than signing my name, like, when do I write? And I love absolute writing. I write as much as often. I love a handwritten note. Um, I love a handwritten letter. And I think it's one of those pieces of communication that's almost sadly becoming a dying art of actual contact with looking at the person. That's sad. Yeah, it, it, it's almost the, the, the thing of like, oh, multitasking, right? People talking about multitasking. Oh, if I have my camera off, maybe I could be watching uh, something on TV. Maybe I could have a conversation with somebody else in the room, right? And people may not know that they're intentionally doing it. It could be something habitual that they just kind of picked up along the way of like, hey, if I have my camera off and my mic off, I could do um, something else. I could be writing in, in my journal. I could be um, texting my so-and-so, right. But they may, um, 
and they didn't know that they're losing focus in on that meeting because it's something that has become habitual for them. But then, like you said, Janice, now they have their camera on. Now they have their mic on. Now they're in tune into what is happening in that class. They're present, right? They're focused. Their energy is here in in the the Zoom meeting instead of on their notebook or on a TV or in a different conversation. Yeah, right. And I think, too, the gift of being present. Oh, my gosh, that's Helen Rose. When I said as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, that's Helen Rose. All right guess that was on the 250th but really you know being in that moment of engaging one-on-one you know with women all over the country or whatever group that you may be in I think is kind of really special I mean even her animation the animation when she was like, I'm Italian, I talk with my hands, but she just her, she was totally engaged. And that was just really kind of neat to see. So yeah, I, I love that for sure. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, I have groups and I work with groups and, you know, some I encourage them to have their cameras on and some just don't ever turn their cameras on. Right. But then it goes back to you kind of you kind of get what you put in. Right. If I'm here and I'm not present in the conversation, I'm not going to get all of this conversation. I'm not going to be immersed in this whole conversation that we're having. If my camera's off, I might be doing something else and I might have missed something that you two might have said. Right. So you kind of get what you put in, I believe. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's paramount and it's also good, uh, just good communication skills to prepare uh, when, you know, and some people are still in that mindset of being still at home and and not engaging and and taking that step outdoors. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're with people live and in person and you kind of have this awkward fumbling because you're just not used to it. Or you, uh, it's also good for the mindset as far as staying on point and concentration. Concentration is a big piece of communication. And if you have other things going on, like we've just been talking about, you'll you'll lose key pieces of the communication, but you also will lose key pieces of emotion because you're not engaged, you're not looking for it. Mm, yes point. yeah yes and I, I i love to have conversations and be present because now i want to be i want the other person to be heard to be seen and also to be valued right that their message is being valued when i'm giving them my attention giving them my focus i often think of when people have their cameras turned off it reminds me of just being in that classroom or college setting and the professor is you know not animated, boring, and instead of a phone, you may be taking a book kind of like and snoozing. I mean, I, I you know that they're 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 just tuned out, they're bored, and there's no engagement where smack your face a little bit and really focus on what the person's saying. And yeah, sadly, there are some people that are not uh, engaged in their speaking. Uh, that's that is a piece to it, and that's why people need to work harder on that part of it. But at the same time, the person, the audience, also has to do their part, um, and it also may inhibit them from participating. So while they're kind of watching the meeting go on, if they're more engaged, they're more apt to ask a question. They are more apt to interject or add value to the conversation, and they totally miss the ball on that. Yes, totally agree. Mm. And, you know, it just brings me to another point back, back to the curse of writing thing. Um, 
and this has kind of has nothing to do with nothing, but we did bring up cursive writing. I don't know how to cursive write. The only thing I can cursive write is my signature because way back when I just couldn't do it and my mother got me out of it. Um, and, and I'm kind of like, I wish I had learned. Um, I will see my little grandnephew this weekend. So maybe he can give me some lessons, I'm sure. And your great grandniece, because she's learning as well. And, you know, it, it, it is a dying art, but there's something very uh, special when you receive a handwritten note. Uh, even if it's printed, you know, they, it also gives that person the opportunity to actually sit down and focus and write whatever they're passionate about or their intentions or whatever it may be. So you know that the person was totally engaged in that note. Uh, otherwise, they're, you know, writing it blindly with, 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 with no vision, no, no reason or rhyme of what they're communicating. So it really gives, you know, I love getting a handwritten note because I know geez, that person actually sat down, was thinking of the thoughts that they were sending me, and now they put it to pen or paper. Uh, and that's it's a good feeling. Yeah, Janice, you're not alone in the cursive writing. My 13-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter did not learn cursive writing as well, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. There's, a school, there's a lot of school systems that yes. do not teach it anymore, which is sad. So our daughter has uh, made it a point to, uh, she spends about 15 to 20 minutes a day on them actually cursive writing their, their letters and words. And, uh, you know, I'm proud that she's doing that because it really, you know, who knows what it's going to be like in 10, 15 years. I mean, we're, we're in such a digital age as it is and really we haven't even scratched the surface of what digital is going to be doing for people and you know you know obviously you've got a lot of voice command so maybe everything will just be voice command and yeah that's it but yeah and by the way obviously be careful with those voice commands oh yeah they have their own interpretation <laughs> yeah absolutely well on that note wealth wellness wednesday um, and I love the way Carol Sue describes that. So I'm just going to turn that over to her. Yes. Wealth Wellness Wednesday is actually not what you think. It is having a good conversation, a good communication, and a good uh, connection with wealth, money, and what you can do with it. A lot of entrepreneurs already have that mindset with them. But we do know the more that you have, the more you can impact. And how about trying to impact people with a financial ex exchange that you do not know. So what we frequently will do, is there's many, many creative ways to do that, to uh, surprise someone. It's not about the dollar amount. It could be a dollar, it could be $5, whatever, whatever you decide to do it, but it's the actual action that impacts the mindset of the importance of paying it forward, but also you attract what you give out. It's kind of one of those one of those things. So Wealth Wellness Wednesday is having that healthy relationship and understanding that you can impact more people that need that help that you want to unpack, whether it's your church. The whole point of it, though, is to do it to an unsuspecting person. So not give necessarily to your local charities or something that you always give to surprise someone. Because what is that going to do for them? They're going to feel good. They're going to geez, somebody just gave me this $5 bill or you found it in a package. Hmm, who would do that? It's sharing gratitude. And when you do that, you start that trickle effect down to everyone else around you. So it's a good thing for it to spread healthy in a wealthy mindset kind of way. And with that, we thank you, Elliot, so much. 
you always have uh, that, that beautiful bright smile that you, you know, people are naturally, if they've got their cameras turned on and they're paying attention, that you really bring that, that just that good feeling about them and you make it very easy. Uh, I'm so, so happy to learn what you're doing within your own family and then encouraging and really developing that for, for other people, which is so impactful. So we thank you so much. And we can't wait to have you back again. And of course, when we come up with another milestone, you are now part of the Two Sisters family as a guest speaker. So we, we, we just love to have you on. With that, it's Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Go out, do something good, pay it forward, be, be kind, and kindness will be returned to you tenfold. I promise you that. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Donnie Bus live from, I'm not really sure what the weather's going to be like today in Vero Beach, but not going to stop me from getting what I need to get done, along with you, sisters. Hey, it's Janice, a.k.a. Great Auntie Jan Jan. Can't wait to see Jetty and Ray Ray this Sunday. Jetty, Ray Ray, get those worksheets ready for a great auntie. Love you both. Thank you so much for being on again, Elliot. And we will see you tomorrow for Trending Thursday. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. Take care.